Hi, this is Kaushik and and I'm Deepi. Yeah, so Deepi and I are uh, good friends, and we've been friends for around two, three years. And uh, we thought, uh, you know, we'd start a fun activity over the weekend. And uh, Deepi, would you like to tell them more about it? Yeah. So before we get into anything, a quick disclaimer would be that we don't claim to represent the whole queer community or the indian queer community as a whole we just voicing our personal opinions and from what we gather from our experience yeah and as two queer individuals who have interacted and spoken about lot of issues that affect both of us at a personal level as well as um, other you know community uh, related issues we thought we should uh, start this you know uh, podcast and uh, we also understand that uh, you know following the peace disclaimer that we are privileged in a lot of ways both of us um, uh, you know in terms of uh, caste privileges as well as social and economic privileges so we like to acknowledge this as well before we start off with anything else so again as the title suggests most of the conversations will be around queer topics which which can range from domestic violence to movies to support spaces but but first things first uh, do you want to explain why we are doing this kashik yes uh, so as i mentioned earlier like dipti and i are quite close and uh, we have interacted at a personal level as well as in the community level over the last 2 3 years in bangalore we both currently stay in bangalore we have different backgrounds i am from bangalore and dipti is from uh, andra and she has very close connections to chennai as well yeah so we are just two normal queer people who want to put our voices across and have uh, conversations about queer experiences uh, we've had in our life you know this can range from personal opinions personal experiences to general stuff okay so whatever affects us you know as queer individuals yeah so just adding to that my uh, i mean i have been listening to podcasts for about a couple of years now on and off and i've always craved for indian content in terms of queer perspective because uh with with a queer perspective because most of the things that i find online except for one or two are predominantly us based whether it's a youtube video or a podcast as such which which almost miss that indian cultural layer which of course they don't have it they don't see it content from us so that indianness in the queer space was what was missing and that's one of the main reason apart from what what kashik had mentioned that's one of the main reason why i i want to do this i want to do a podcast to get more voices into the queer space indian queer space yeah yeah and i definitely agree with deepthi over there with the points that she's made and uh, we feel it's uh, and then at the end of the day it's nice to put our voices across and even if we are doing it just for our sake right so we shall be choosing a range of topics as we go we don't have any specific agenda and like we said we just uh, uh, we just going to choose topics ad hoc and, uh, and and topics which are close to us like for example um, queer media support spaces body image issues uh, then the dating culture etc so yeah uh and deepthi uh, do you have any other topics yeah. in mind no we add them as we get i yeah i mean then that should be i mean it it should be pretty organic growth yeah yeah 
So today, because it's like the second anniversary of 377, I just see 377 reading down. We want to talk a little bit about that and also our personal experiences around the day the verdict yeah. happened. So yeah. let's... Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, Deepthi, could you tell us a bit about uh, what the actual verdict was and why it was read down and uh, some salient details about it? So, as... The law, it is basically, I'm reading out the exact thing, which is uh, it's RTC 377 basically criminalizes carnal intercourse against the nature of order with any man, woman, or animal. So that, this is something that was that was introduced to IPC in the 1860s by... Oh, God, it's from the 1860s. I mean, that's the Victorian age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah the Queen gave it to us. Hmm. So, so this this uh this is not just your gay or I mean it doesn't talk about lesbians. That's a whole different thing because of course women's sexuality is never considered as important or almost invisible. But mainly it talks about uh, men and with a with a heterosexual within heterosexual couples as well. This there is a layer there also because. Carnal intercourse basically is only when a penis and a vagina are involved, which eventually is, you know, to produce kids. So anything apart from that is basically what it criminalizes. So when you look at heterosexual couples, it it, it criminalizes oral and anal sex. So it's not that technically it is not something that only applies to homosexual individuals. It also applies to, you know, on huge level to heterosexual couples as well. But this law has been mostly used to harass people. Yeah. And although everything is consensual. I know. So like you said, uh, it doesn't, the purview of the law doesn't restrict it to be targeting only homosexuals or queer folk. I mean, it can like span across spectrums. But the problem is uh, 377 was primarily used as a mean to Politically, socially, economically, emotionally isolate and target queer people from a long time. And uh, it, it is basically very unfair. Uh, it was pretty unfair in a lot of ways because we, queer people were singled out for this. And uh, there, I mean, I don't need to specifically talk about those horrible scams and uh, the horror stories that uh, queer men have been subjected to on the dating apps. I'm talking about queer men because of my experiences talking to queer men and my own uh, couple of experiences a few years ago. And uh, this, the the interesting thing is a lot of these things still continue to happen in different forms. But uh, yeah, and uh, so that's about it. And that's... Um, I think just to add to it, one of the, uh, no, actually just to add to that uh, gay men part is that you know, they, whatever horror stories gay men go through, I'm, I'm guessing only 10% of it actually comes out, right? As definitely, word of definitely. Mouth or in support spaces. Mm. So I think the lack of stories around uh, women is only because they're not out. I don't think they're not happening. They're probably happening, but the oppression doesn't let you speak about it, right? Um, I know, I know, and there is so much stigma and shame that still exists around this. And but, yeah. like, like we discussed, uh, the, the, the verdict definitely 
initiated certain changes and uh, in our yeah. talk we would like to kind of examine them later but yeah, yeah. deepthi could you tell us a bit more about the actual verdict ha so the actual verdict is is that unanimously all five judges have said that uh, it's unconstitutional that is 377 is unconstitutional the fact that it criminalizes consensual sexual conduct between two adults of the same sex is is a very wrong thing a lot of beautiful things had happened uh, as as in in the judgment and there was a point where uh, one of the judges had said history owes an apology i know uh, i know people who have suffered that is yeah. that and that's one among the many brilliant points that was, and the document uh, itself the is so beautifully written if anyone wants to check it out Uh, the language is pretty simple there are some legal jargon but it it mostly reads very nicely and you know we were surprised ourselves when we read the judgment like it was so uh, <coughs> it was so beautifully worded and yeah deepthi who are the four five i mean who are the five judges on the panel so it was deepak mishra and chandrachur indu malhotra and uh, who did you see kanvilkar i think am Ha, and because if my pronunciation is uh, not <laughs> wrong yeah. yeah and rf uh, narmin so narimal yeah narimal yeah narimal ha so one last thing i would want to add before we move on to the next topic uh, next next section is uh, is that it's a very common misconception that it is that people believe that it being gay is crime mm. so that's absolutely not the case but then of course being gay itself if it is criminalized it's only because of the because of the people who use the law to harass you but mm. the actual literature only says that the act which is which again like explained earlier it doesn't matter if you are heterosexual homosexual if a heterosexual couple has oral sex they are seen as criminal as per the law so and again point that i want to strongly Say is that being gay was never crime. It's the society that made it, you know, look like that. But then the actual law says that only the act. Is, yes, is yes, yes. You know, I got a lot of congratulatory messages on the, you know, on the mm-hmm. verdict day from a lot of my friends saying that you know it's finally legal. It's finally legal. I asked them what's legal, and they're like, no, you can be gay and proud. I'm like, that wasn't illegal even before. <laughs> so uh, no but you also i mean of course it could be there are a lot of reasons why people might assume this and uh, we hope like right. with time people also get educated and this probably by we are also doing this though this is not our only goal so right yeah so coming to the actual day of the verdict deepthi uh, do you remember what you did and this was exactly 2 years ago right yeah So do you want to i mean you had a quite interesting day do you want actually to i did i mean uh, <laughs> it's it's like one of the most defining moment, moments of my life and <laughs> so uh to the people who are listening uh, i was out to most people around me uh, including my family uh, except my father of course that's the main talking point of this discussion today uh my sister my cousins and then all my friends a couple of workplace colleagues even by then by 2018 september 6th i had come out to a lot of people and i'd been actively participating in events but i'd put off coming out to my father for the longest time so 
So what we did is on the day I remember. So I used to attend classes at the Alliance Française uh, Bangalore, and uh, one of my friends called me up, and then he was like, uh, like I started a morning class seven to nine, and he called me up and said, uh, Hey, dude. I mean, Alliance is pretty close to ALF. ALF is the um, uh, alternative law forum in Bangalore, and it's quite well known for the work that they do in. uh ranging across yeah, a lot of issues right deepthi like yeah 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 and so he called me and he's like let's go let's go let's go i'm like okay let me just go and see so we went to the alf and wow i mean that was a sight to behold so uh the in the main uh, chamber of the alf uh, the alf had put up a projector basically which was connected to i think ndtv or one of the popular mm-hmm. news channels uh basically counting down the time to the verdict and the room was filled with people and filled with people i knew and filled with people i didn't know people ranging across people from different uh, spectrum people who identified as uh uh people who identified as gay people who identified as trans and you know people identified as gender queer and i never seen such a vibrant setting before like apart from pride of course uh pride is yeah. a different ball game altogether but in a room yeah. sitting waiting with bated breath you know i saw a couple of uh, uh i saw a few couples who who were like holding hands and sitting together uh-huh. and looking very anxious you know that was such a nice uh, sight to see like you know they were holding hands and uh, see the atmosphere before the verdict actually came out was a bit tense so there was cautious optimism and there was mm. cautious optimism that you know the verdict would definitely be in favor mm. and uh, one of the legal experts were like uh, was telling us like we are sure three or four of the judges would uh, pass this out of a, i mean out of the total right. five right mm. but when the verdict came out and uh, of course you know the when you talk about the indian standard time we were all expecting at uh, it at around i hope i'm not getting the time wrong it was supposed to be out at 11 but it came mm-hmm. out only like officially at 11:40 or 11:45 and they said it was a unanimous verdict all five of the judges on the chair mm-hmm. basically struck down the verdict and that was what was the most exciting part because people were like wow we didn't expect a unanimous verdict and the atmosphere changed from uh, an, uh, you know a quiet op- like uh, cautious optimistic atmosphere with some anxiety mm-hmm. to one of jubilation and joy people were crying and uh, some people were crying out in joy and i was talking to a gentleman sitting next to me and he was like mm. i've been waiting for this for years and then he told me that he'd been with his partner for 18 years in bangalore and wow and you know they were looking so happy and i was a, i am a pretty i mean at that point of time i was out in the community for around 2 years 2 and a half years mm. and for me to see this you know and realize what a big deal it was for them was definitely right. i mean especially someone who lived through uh, uh you know uh, relatively worse times or darker times right you know and it was such a eye opening experience and so from the alf uh, we all decided to go to town hall you know hmm. waving flags you see there was a huge procession of people from alf to town hall they're not exactly nearby i mean <laughs> there's quite some right. walking to do in the middle of the day this was around at 12 o'clock broad daylight like <laughs> people with flags as big as pride celebration like yeah a smaller version of pride but definitely more vibrant okay. and jubilant like <laughs> right. yeah and uh, 
uh, and then town hall it was like it was blazing because september and october is pretty hot in bangalore right like uh, it, it's almost equivalent to summer i mean it was blazing hot at around 12 1220 in the town hall so we all reached there and then i was with a couple of friends and uh, you know it was like we were all so happy and more people joined us there and hmm. uh, town hall is situated in the middle of basically you could call it one of the most prime localities in bangalore at such mm. visibility and you had all these colorful people waving flags you know dancing beating drums and then mm. um, a couple of folk artists had also been called i remember the drummers okay yeah and then members across the spectrum like uh, uh, some of the trans people then uh, gender queer people then uh lesbians gays everyone was just dancing around and such a mm-hmm. sight to see <laughs> and we saw then some sneaky cameras <laughs> sneaky okay. big cameras sneaked in one by one and mm-hmm. then i just noticed it to the corner of my eye and then i realized okay it's not a big deal and then after a while like within 10 minutes there were like media vans all over <laughs> Oh god okay media vans all over and and I still did not like one of my friend pointed out saying that you know we might get recorded on TV and I said uh, I mean we might be recorded and then telecast on TV and then I said mm-hmm. um, no it's okay my dad doesn't watch news anyway like my dad's pretty uh, uh, he's kind of minds his own business he's not really interested in world affairs too okay. like uh, he just like you know work is worship for him so I thought it's okay my dad's never going to see it like so yeah so mm-hmm. and then we celebrated we had fun and then we went home and then refreshed ourselves and then uh, deep to you remember i called you then yeah yeah and i yeah you wanted yeah. me to come but i was somewhere i was actually at work and i was like i wanted to come but then yeah, i, I like, didn't send you the location i didn't send you the location yeah, saying that this is town hall come and you were like in half mind because you were also busy with work and then i think you were a bit more uh, i would say uh, cautious because of the cameras you had already warned me then like be careful ha like. see that's my general thing in pride march also i attend pride march but i'm always wary of photo phones and cameras so i mean i've still ended up going to four or five pride mm. but yeah i'm really cautious that so i was like okay i'm at work i can't take too long off from work also so i stay at work so yeah you go on yeah then uh in the evening i guess both of us uh, met along with a bunch of other friends we met at yeah. uh, the goodaji support group we go to it. and it was luckily yeah. on that day like thursday evening goodaji you meet uh, 7 to mm-hmm. 9 at swabhava and the verdict came out on thursday it was such a coincidence and usually they have yeah. around 15 to 20 people on an average mm-hmm. and that day there were 85 there were 85 yeah, people jam packed it was Uh, you know amazing experience could you tell us more deeply like about it no i think my thing was i mean i made sure i go to mostly almost all the time whenever possible i go to good as it's a it's a happy space for me because that's kind of like my queer space in bangalore since i moved about 2 3 years back so mm. like you said every time i would see just like you know 20 maximum i'll see was probably 30 people on like a random day but then that day it was completely full and people were standing people were standing outside people were standing down 
and i think we were lucky we went in at 7 and we were like you know talking about the judgment and so excited that it was like all the judges you know Yeah, I mean the unanimous verdict was uh, like definitely the icing on a cake because as I said, yeah. most people expected three or four of the judges to pass it, but they didn't right. expect the entire bench to unanimously pass it, and that was the like um, the, that was like the icing on the cake. Like yeah, <laughs> that was icing on the cake, and there were so many people inside in that in that particular meeting, around eighty, eighty-five people, and then yeah. we were all. like jubilant basically <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course there were also some prescient people who were like you know this is not the end of the road and a lot more needs mm-hmm. to be done yeah i mean i think that is something we all need to acknowledge because just changing the law doesn't change the society right mm. and and society's attitude towards whatever change it is whether it's you know decriminalizing suicide uh or attempt to suicide sorry decriminalizing attempt to suicide or in in our case decriminalizing consensual mm. sex between same sex adults whatever mm. it is so for the society as if you to change towards it i think at least will take 10 years from the time of the judgment i so know i know there is decent amount of work right now being done but then not the end of the day maybe not the end of the world we have a lot of work to do I know, I know. And uh, coming back to this, you know, so the day was so long for me. I had class from seven to nine, and then I went to town hall, and then we were dancing mm-hmm. around in the sun, and captured by basically every major media house that had come there to <laughs> to mm-hmm. witness our celebration. And I didn't mm-hmm. acknowledge it initially. Then we went to the support group. We, you know, we had more fun there, and you know, definitely I felt proud because I, as I mentioned earlier. i was only into the community for 2 and 1/2 years but then through these events you know attending alf yeah. and the uh, town hall celebrations and then coming back hmm. to the good as you were good the good as you meeting where there were like people who had been uh, so th- their experiences were so poignant like people who had been yeah. active in the community for 18 20 years you know what it meant to them i mean i finally understood on that day like yeah and yeah. Uh, Yeah. Then, of course, all the TV channels started beaming uh, these uh, very vibrant, colorful images, and then I was so clearly seen. <laughs> and uh, I and I was right about the fact that my dad wouldn't watch it. My dad definitely didn't watch it, but I forgot to factor in the annoying relatives, the annoying friends he had, <laughs> and then he started getting calls that night. at around 11 oh o'clock saying that we saw your son on tv we saw your son mm. on tv and and it was pretty bad and one of his friends told him that your son is dancing with hijras on tv i'm like what oh, yeah so okay. i didn't know this my dad told my sister this yeah mm. and then the next the next day when i get up my sister like he knows <laughs> yeah so mm. i'm like what should i do should i be in denial about it and because uh up till that point of time he was basically the only person that i cared about who mm. i did not reveal my sexuality yet mm. and of course because uh, my equation with my father has always been complicated i mean there is definitely a lot mm. of love and affection but it's not a very linear kind of equation right we struggle right. about we struggle on a lot of things and you know to meet halfway itself it takes so much effort on a lot of issues mm. so I was in denial, and I remember Deepthi gave me advice. He 
ஜ்மெண்ட்ம் I thought, okay, mm. yes, so it's finally not going to talk about, about it. it. Huh. Yeah, then, the, but, but little did I know that was the calm before the storm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, he came up to me and said, he asked me directly on Monday morning, like, uh, mm. so did you hear there was this All India, on that particular day, there was also this opposition-led uh, All India Band, which was called okay. uh, against rising petrol prices okay so he tried to be a little twisted about it. he said you didn't hear about the band and uh, i'm like yeah yeah there was a band and uh, people mm. were protesting he's like yeah did you hear about the town hall event that happened i'm like yeah, oh god hmm. okay so like, yeah and then i decided that i would come partially clean so i told mm. him no no that Uh, so i explained to him what that event was it was uh, you know mm. the decriminalization of 377 and i told him mm. that i am very passionate about these causes right and uh, you know one of so my friends is a lawyer which was which is true actually one of my friends class right. friends was a lawyer and an advocate mm. and she had come to the celebrations as well mm. so i i told i made a i i like it as half Sorry. true half false yeah mm. so but somewhere i knew that he didn't buy it he's like okay then he came in the evening and he asked me mm. but mm. what were you doing there you never been an activist <laughs> yeah mm. yeah and by then my aunt had got caught of those videos as well okay yeah my aunt has got ah, caught of the videos as well because they were beamed on cnn ivn ndtv etc right. which now i think is a really cool thing cool thing to talk about <laughs> to mm. friends but uh, then it wasn't i was like terrified <laughs> mm. i was terrified and then uh, of course um, uh, once my aunt knew she made it a big deal she made mm. it a huge deal and um, uh, my cousin also kind of knew about my sexuality mm. and then she kind of broke it to my aunt who broke it to my father and i'm like Okay, I think you missed the time. chance to come out to your dad. Everybody else did that to you. God is disgusted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but she didn't tell. Uh, so, my, I didn't tell my cousin that I was gay exactly. So I told her okay. I was queer. So, okay. So that saving grace was there. So then I told my father, like you know, hmm. so you know what they said is true, and you know I am like gay. I like other men. Hmm. So hmm. then my father's reaction was. Uh, silent for a bit and he said uh, all that is okay but why did you embarrass me on national tv i'm like okay <laughs> then he calmed down and said listen we can talk about you being gay later but hmm. you just kind of i mean of all the ways you could tell me like you you had to tell me on TV. national tv and <laughs> embarrass yourself i'm like uh, of course i wasn't embarrassed and all after this but what else could mm-hmm. i say so i just kept quiet and then uh 
next day he came to me and said look i know people who are gay like i know he, i know people who are queer i know people who are gay like hmm. uh so uh i don't see anything wrong he used an analogy saying that all five fingers are not the same so Aww. yeah if That's i don't true. agree with that analogy i think it's a bit uh, like <laughs> twisted in a way but it's, it's his way of i know it is way of interpreting it like so yeah he said all five fingers are not the same so i i will accept you and uh, and he was resentful of the fact that i had told my sister and my cousin and all my friends basically <laughs> before telling him yeah hmm. yeah and he is still a bit uh, he still a bit rattled by the incident because whenever i bring it up he is like no tv lalla vanduchu and all i'm like uh, okay hmm. what can i do about it it's not like i chose to come out that way oh my god i didn't even think that tv cameras were recording me that time yeah yeah so in a way it 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 could have gone really bad if my father wasn't supportive could have gone really bad it it worked out okay in the end so i am grateful for it and so i mean i've been talking too much now a question to deepthi so okay deepthi uh, you identify as a a fab right as a lesbian a fab right? lesbian yeah a fab lesbian right so in yeah. a lot of ways this verdict uh provides uh leverage to i mean i mean okay let me put it in a different way as an afab woman uh, this verdict didn't make a lot of difference to you anyway technically if you ask me like correct because of the penile vagina sorry uh penile of vaginal language, yeah ha, of the language around it and generally it's it, it it's mostly in like in legal spaces the discussion is usually around men mm-hmm. men do men being gay or uh, is is the wrong thing or most of the people who were convicted in situations were also men mm. and yes i think all, right I, all either either not men or trans even trans folk would be harassed for this sorry. Yeah. yeah men and yeah. trans people have been you know taken into custody or whatever by the law but uh, yes as as such the law does not even address women's sexuality but technically yes but then that doesn't mean me or any of the other asap people that i know of in my space have not been subjected to mental torture because of this whether it's parents saying or parents not accepting or saying stuff like oh this is not uh, this is against the law or this is against the society this is not natural and stuff like that are are in some way what people draw from the law and like i was saying earlier if there is a change in law society will completely accept it to a certain extent only maybe in the years to come depending on the work that is done around it mm. so absolutely although i've not been directly uh you know hurt by the law in any way but then society doesn't make it easy it's not easy on the parents and parents don't make it easy for us mm, that's true that's true and also uh, d- did you feel any sort of solidarity with the community in general even like that i mean you told me about this once like even though it didn't directly huh. affect me but 
uh, you've done a lot of work for the community and you know we'll get into uh, more about that later in another session that would be an interesting podcast in itself the kind of work deepthi does for the community yeah. and you know but yeah. yeah but then like i was saying although i was not directly impacted by the law i have seen like you mentioned i did work around uh, work volunteer with groups in chennai where we we have regular meetings or we have uh, rescue operations or helping them monetarily or helping them find jobs and domestic violence situations in most of these situations if some way the situation ends up in say for example a police station Mm-hmm. at grassroots level the cops still say oh this is not how uh, you know this is not how it works this is not how it should be it is not kalacharam illa like saying it in tamil it is not kalacharam illa it's not a culture yeah, that yeah. kalacharam culture thing is like the last thing that comes right first mm-hmm. thing would be they'll try and say oh i've heard i've heard people tell me we we went to the we were dragged to the police station there they told us you know this is a national level thing this doesn't apply to our state so ah, there are people okay. still trying to twist around words and try out the legal angle first if that doesn't work and then they'll be like you know it's not our culture that's the mm. last thing they'll say you can't embarrass your parents like this mm. have you not found a guy like this so looking at all those experiences and seeing all these people go through the trauma i think one law will make a lot of difference although like like i mentioned there's a lot of work that needs to be done but at the moment i think we're headed in the right direction yes yes and that, that's definitely true and a lot of conversations are now happening and a lot of companies dni policies also are becoming more and more oriented towards uh, lgbtq and uh, yeah. yeah and definitely like you said uh, conversations are starting to happen and this verdict definitely was a trigger i mean i use a lot of definitely but yeah. <laughs> uh, def- it was a trigger for all this to happen and like yeah. you said there's a lot of work that needs to be done but uh, overall i mean this was a welcome sign and uh, and yeah. on that note uh, we seem to have reached the end of our session uh, so any closing points deepthi yeah i think closing i would say you know as you mentioned conversations have started thanks to the change in the law and it was not just 2 years ago we still see i mean the papers have articles about the queer community even though it's not like even though it's not the pride month and generally in the media as well there are things popping up here there and there is a good amount of good good amount of good publicity because there are still newspapers especially the regional ones which don't have the right tone don't have the right language don't care to do it in the right terminology you know giving out their names and stuff like that so that as as with everything else there is still work that needs to be done and when it comes to mnc's and companies they have started the conversations about creating safe spaces creating support spaces in their offices the initiatives and somewhere some company is trying to improve their hiring policy some are doing it kind of like a token thing but then you know it's it's a start it's a start and as you say yeah. like any visibility is visibility at the end of the day okay mm-hmm. yeah i think for me i would be the happiest when when i see queer topics being discussed at family dinner tables out mm. in the open you know i mean 
even with things like sex is such a taboo but then if it gets to the point where a family is comfortable enough to bring up these topics whether it's a good angle bad angle i mean you know as long as there is a balance and people don't fight literally fight each other but that would be a good good uh, thing and one last thing i would like to add is that i would love to see more government initiatives where they're trying to educate their government personnel like like from people from health sector education department and police department especially because these are the people people in the government hospital or people in in the police department these are the people who sort of directly interact with the people who don't necessarily have the privilege to reach out to to an ngo or a, or have the right language even to know where to go yeah language is important I think, mm-hmm. yeah i mean, i didn't know the term lesbian till like i was about i don't know 17 or 18 so there is no regional version of these these words and there's already so much negativity so i think they are the ones who need to be these ground level ground grassroots people mm-hmm. are the people who need the most help and people who are in regular touch with them are to be sensitized Mm, yeah and uh, i i absolutely agree with you and uh, i'm not going to give any suggestions yet that could be at another uh, in another uh, right. another podcast or something but i just like to take the example of education i agree with the, uh, i agree with you deepthi sensitization is a must uh, now it's like pretty clearly established that there are multiple you know uh, cross cutting gender and sexual identities which 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 uh which start affecting or taking place in an individual right from their childhood and schools need to mm-hmm. be more sensitive and aware about these issues and as you know schooling especially i mean i can give my own example schooling contributes immensely to the formative stages of an individual's personality mm-hmm. and uh, issues like gender awareness sex education uh an introduction to lgbt lgbt plus topics need to be introduced at the school level now there is a lot of talk about the nep which makes mention about mm-hmm. this and uh, even some other schools that have their own gender and sexuality sensitization programs but uh, i personally feel a lot more effort needs to be uh, uh, you know a lot more effort needs to go into this uh, there could be multiple ways to do it and uh, probably discuss it next time but yeah i mean i just gave the example of education so yeah. i think uh, i am done for today deepthi okay so that would be all for today so hope we managed to educate and entertain you with our rambling uh, we we i mean we started it like a very random thing we hope to do it on a weekly basis so do watch out for the space for our next episode Take care, stay safe, mask up and stay hydrated. Au revoir.